Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies and answering your questions weekly. Hey, hey, Bobby. What's up, Brian? We are on episode number 106. This is listener's choice number 22. This is part two of that one where we're talking about our favorite books. The first episode we covered last week was around our favorite sales books. And this one is all about kind of the non-sales books, which I've recently, I've kind of fallen out of love with a lot of the traditional stuff. I don't know that I was ever in love with them, but there were some that I really appreciated and liked. But um, this episode is all about the books that we kind of read outside of sales and you know, their impact on our on our lives or approaches. Yeah, and I, you know, they are all non-sales books, but they've all impacted my sales mm-hmm. methods. I would say in some way, I think that uh, they might fall in a category similar to self-help in some ways, right? I mean, I think all of these things that that we're interested in outside of sales still are improvements in some ways, making ourselves better. Um, making our lives better, more efficient. So hopefully everyone will enjoy the list. And uh, you've probably heard some of these talked about, but we'll jump in and make some recommendations. And we didn't really say it last week, but uh, all of these, any of these books from this week to last week would be great Christmas gifts for your manager, your teammates, and your friends. Uh, We'll have a list of all these books in the show notes with easy access for you to click and buy. Yeah. Um, Four Hour Work Week is the first one on that list. Um, this is uh, Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss runs a wildly popular podcast. There's all kinds of speculation on how much money he makes on the podcast, and I'll venture to say it's more than you and I make. Um, Probably just this, a little bit. Just a little bit. This uh, this Four Hour Work Week book, he's turned into a franchise of you know like the Four Hour Chef and all that kind of stuff, and he gets. It's funny because he'll get roasted online about, oh, you work more than four hours, but that's really not the point of this book, is it? No, not at all. And uh, I think he would, if he could go back in time and rename this book, he would do so. Um, it has probably been the four-hour series in general, um, four-hour body, four-hour chef, four-hour work week, all those have probably caused him a little bit of pain, but it's also made him a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. Um, and the book was a great one. I, I I probably read this somewhere in the in the early days of EMC as well, or, or maybe when my wife was sick. I, I don't know, but it changed my approach in, in general to, to my day and to my life, um, and I, I can't recommend it enough. And while I think Tim has kind of got into this world of repeating himself a lot, like the, him and his little cronies, they say the same stuff over and over. They recommend the same diets and workouts and stuff like that but the the book the original book uh he put a lot of work into it it's been edited a couple times and I, I can't stop talking about the stories in this book so definitely one that i highly highly recommend yeah i agree it's all about the approach it's all about um how you think about income uh how you think about your career and your approach and what your what you're chained to, uh, Ryan Holiday and Tim Ferriss, early days did a lot of collaboration together. They've kind of ventured off and been incredibly successful in their own right. Um, but uh, it's it's great. You should read Four Hour Work Week, not because it's going to allow you to do 40 hours worth of work in in four hours, but it's uh, it's just rethinking the approach of traditional work. I think more than anything else. 
Yeah, and I think the bigger takeaway for me was mm-hmm. what kind of work do you want to do, right? I'm not saying the books, the reason why I bought a flight school, but if you can be more passionate about what you do, and I've always been passionate about tech sales, but the grind uh, can definitely wear on a person for sure over 20-plus years. It's really what kind of work do you want to do and, and where do you want to do it from? And I think that was his big game changer in the book was he was um, – he invented or put together some molecules to make a pill that was, uh, I think it was something called like brain quicken or something, but he was on the phone 20 hours a day trying to make deals and get boxes shipped and return and all that. And he found a mechanism to outsource his life, really automated all the problems that he was having. And I did the same thing. I literally, anything my wife and I didn't want to do, I figured out a way to automate it and outsourced it and paid people to do it for us. And it really wasn't near as expensive as, he, as you would think it would be. And, you know, there's a lot of life hacks out there. And he probably wrote this book as one of the first life hack books. And there's more than you could ever implement in your life in this book, for sure. Yeah, there are Reddit, uh, you call them channels. Uh, there are Reddit channels on there. There are, um, uh, yeah, there are whole movements dedicated to this. It's uh, interesting stuff, for sure. Uh, one of my favorite authors, this will be news to everyone, I'm sure. You've never heard me talk about Ryan Holiday. Yeah, we just did another. We did a series two weeks ago, uh, a listener's choice on his newest book. Yeah, so and I talked about this briefly on the book, but he's he's written a trilogy of Obstacle is the Way, uh, Ego is the Enemy, and then Stillness is Key. Stillness is Key is the one we did an episode on here recently. If you haven't listened to that one, go back and check it out. It's a. I, I thought it was maybe the best in his series, but it was. I, well, I think what I like so much about this trilogy is that it's, um, you're right. Well, these, all of these have, well, they not be, may not be sales books. They have an impact on everything, including sales for us. And this trilogy certainly did that. And I, what I like about this series is that it kind of followed me professionally to obstacle. The way obstacle is the way is really about the things we avoid or, or precisely the things that we need to attack head on. Um, and it was, it was a very eye-opening book and it was, it was really more of a rally cry than anything else. You know, I, I think so many people avoid the hard work. I remember you and I talking about this, like probably 12 years ago, like just putting together that analysis that may take three hours of work for a customer, but then led to a massive sell Mm -hmm. opportunity for us. Like that work was being avoided in our peer sales network back in the day and that's what helped you and I stand out so much I think early on was doing that ugly heavy crappy work um that was the obstacle and we we fought through it and that that led to success and in our in our career and you know at that time in our career those wins for us propelled us professionally I think and gave us opportunities and experiences that we wouldn't have otherwise been able to achieve and so I, and that book kind of aligned with that in my career. Uh, so yeah, I, the real world analogy, the real world analogy there is, you know, there's always something that we all hate to do or don't want to do, or mm-hmm. is the thing that we procrastinate, procrastinate. I would bet nine times out of 10, that is the obstacle. And if you can just do it, you'll be better for it. Your customer will appreciate it. Your family will appreciate it. Um, I got a list of things today that I don't, I know I don't want to do. And, as I'm saying this out loud, I know those are the obstacles, and if I knock them down, how relieved will I be? They're going to suck to do, but it truly is the way to a great weekend, a great a great happy family, and a great happy flight school, no question. 
Indeed. The second one is Ego is the Enemy. Um, the This was a great one. This was probably my least favorite of the three, so if you're only going to read two of these three, then, then put this one to the side. But the Ego is your enemy because it keeps you out of touch with reality. It's it's what keeps you from hearing uh, critical feedback. It causes you to overestimate your abilities and worth. And it it's this kind of goes back to the, the book we talked about uh, in last week's episode um, around how to win friends and influence people. But you, you, you kind of start to conflate or inflate your own self-worth and your own abilities and your own uh, ability to solve things and your your worth and um, that is a major detriment to you um, so I think everyone understands ego is a is a is a negative thing or can be a, a very negative thing um, but this book really highlights the impact professionally it could have on you yeah I don't remember this one being horrible but I don't I don't I didn't take as much away from this book either. Um, and as I think about it, where does Ryan put his, where does he put his tattoos now that his right arm says obstacles the way his left arm says ego's the enemy. Where did he put stillness as key? I don't know. <laughs> I, he did get it. He did get one. Did. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know where he put that one. Yeah. Yeah. Stillness is key. We'll, we'll skip through that. Cause we, we did a whole episode on that. Uh, Bobby, what's, uh, what are one of your favorite non-sales books? Well, I, I, I have to start with the one I'm recently reading because it's top of mind for me right now. And I've always been a fan of Malcolm Gladwell. You compared Ryan Holiday to the new era of Malcolm Gladwell in our series or our book review on Stillness is Key. I've just always liked a lot of his books. I think the first one I read that like got my attention was Outliers. And um, while I, I'll talk more about Malcolm than the individual books, the, the most recent one that I'm reading is Talking to Strangers. And I guess I'll get to that in a second. But Outliers was kind of the way the world works that we don't see. Um, and the interesting one that stands out to me, and I was, I think, playing adult roller hockey at the time, but he did a whole study on the analysis of hockey players that make it to the NHL. And the the math is staggering that he finds in, this, in his research and studies. But, you know, if, if hockey, Little League hockey – there's an age bracket and it, it, it translates to soccer and American baseball and every other sport. There's an age limit and the kids that are born to where their birthday is right up on that age limit. Um, and they are the biggest, strongest kids in their season. They get the most at bats. They get the most time on the ice. They get the most playing time, which gives them the most repetitions, which gets them to that magic 10,000 hours sooner and all the great hockey players are born within like 10 days of that cutoff for their um, for their 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 hockey age limits, right? And so they're not really what we think of people as being outliers. It's almost extremely predictable in everything around us of of who those outliers are going to become because it just mathematically proves itself out time and time again. And I, I thought that book was really interesting. And so his work has transcended that kind of research and then writing and research and writing. Um, Blink was another really good book. Um, I have a few autographed copies of that one on my bookshelf right here next to me. Um, it, it is, we all know the answer to many, many questions within the first second that we think about it. We know the right thing to do. We know what the outcome is going to be. We don't need a lot of analysis, uh, and the blink proves that over and over. But talking to strangers is one that just recently came out. It's got four point seven stars on on Amazon with seventeen thousand reviews. It's hard to do, 
Um, but it really kind of talks to us, the listener, as we don't know anybody. And we don't know what anybody's going through, and we make a bunch of bad mistakes uh, because we assume as we talk to strangers we know what we're talking about, and we really just don't. Um, and it's made I me can't think, wait to read that one. It's really made me think about the way I approach people just in my normal day. You know, I, I, I come into a situation, unfortunately, Brian, and the reality is I'm jaded like nine times mm-hmm. out of ten. Um, and I go into it with my own guard up and my own thoughts and my own decisions pre-made before I even let people tell me what's going on. Um, and I know it steers me in the wrong direction more than it, than it should, but I still do it. And I think some of the, the books, examples, and teachings, uh, they go real deep, uh, have made me think I'm going to go into more conversations open-minded. I've not ordered that one yet. Talking to strangers, I cannot wait to read it though. Uh, Ryan Holiday puts out a, uh, a a book list of stuff that he's read recently, and he had a lot of great things to say about it. He said it's not traditional to Malcolm's uh, writing. Like a lot of, um, well, it's very well researched. It's um, more philosophy, yep. maybe more than anything else. So I cannot wait to read that one. No doubt, it's not like Outliers where he did a bunch of research and wrote it. But there's a lot of there's a lot of points that he makes. Sure. That the, the beauty of this book, if you're not an Audible or podcast listener, it might not be one to listen to, but it is a production. The Audible book is a production. Every quote that he has in the book is actually read by the person that reads it. Any court transcripts are reread by actors, um, and he, he makes a lot of where actors are acting and where people are talking. But a lot of police video that's recorded, he's letting you hear it. it it's more like a post-production podcast with hundreds of voices it's really an interesting listen uh, one one comment on outliers too because I, I almost put that in the sales book group but but uh so i like that you put it here anytime i talk to a new salesperson that's like wanting to be uh promoted or wanting to get better at their craft we, we always talk about improving your batting average and so one of the principles that malcolm talks about is the the thousand hours or the ten thousand hours 10, rule yeah. And, and so that's probably like one of the key notes that anytime somebody talks about it, they, they tend to talk about that component of it. And I think it's so true when it comes to sales meetings and being really good at interacting with customers and, and kind of knowing how to interact with executives as well. I think people that don't do what we do when they hear that we talk to COOs and CFOs and CEOs of companies, they're like, how do you, how do you do that? And Really, it's like it's it's almost literally the same conversation as, uh, you know, I'm talking to the person that's your doctor. You know, that it's just a normal conversation, and it, I think it's because you do it so many thousands of times. And so, anytime I'm mentoring somebody that's new into sales or looking to get into sales, um, this this book really encapsulates why it's so much so important to do something over and over and over again. You just get so good at it. No doubt. Experience is key, for sure. Indeed. Uh, a few on my list, Bobby. Um, Conspiracy. Um, fantastic book. I'm not even going to tell you the author because you know who the author is. Uh, we'll include this in the show notes. This is... Um, it broke the mold of Holiday's traditional books, and he did a ton of research on the fall of Gawker media. So if you remember, Gawker is like this website that was like, I don't know, kind of a trash gossip site it was and a content aggregator but it was yeah it was clickbait it is it was, it was clickbait. clickbait 
for sure. And, and not to say I didn't read it because there was some actually some really good stuff in there too. But uh, what conspiracy was all about was the uh, takedown of Gawker Media with uh, Peter Thiel. So Peter Thiel was outed uh, by Gawker, and then um, Peter Thiel basically went on this billion dollar mission to to shut down Gawker Media, and he did that through uh, Hulk Hogan. Um, so anyhow, it's a super interesting, uh, super interesting book and story and research and everything else. Like you'll wonder, like how did he get such detailed behind the scenes uh, messaging there? It's really good. Yeah, and I think I I really enjoyed the listen. Uh, I listened to that book after you brought it up on a podcast one time, and it was good. And I, you never see how these how Hulk Hogan has anything to do with taking down Docker Media and Peter Till being involved. But um, it's a stealthy operation that. Could have fallen apart at a lot of different points, but it's definitely a good book for sure. No question. Yeah. And if you don't know Peter Till, for those listening, Peter Till is one of the co-founders of um, PayPal. So it started off as X.com, then turned into PayPal and then got bought by eBay, I think. So that that built what was called the PayPal Mafia, which was Peter Till, Elon Musk, the guy that founded LinkedIn, the guy that founded Yelp. It formed, I think it was like six guys that were you know, billionaires or close to billionaires that then went on to found multi-billion dollar companies past that. So interesting group books will be written by, uh, about many of these people. Uh, I'm going to go back to, uh, 20, uh, 2000 years and, uh, talk about the art of war. I think I've mentioned this one on the podcast. Ryan, Ryan holiday did not write this book. No, he did not write about this one. I went four deep and then decided that I should divert, uh, the art of war, is uh, by Sun Tzu is really really good. There's two versions of this. Uh, you can buy off Amazon. We'll we'll include the link. The one that we'll include the link for is it has the art of war and then it has a context of it. So it will it will share a statement and then it will kind of almost translate. It. Even though it's all in English, it will kind of translate what that statement. It's kind of commentary on the book as you're reading the book. It's super interesting. You can read this in like two sittings, maybe one sitting if you got a couple hours on your hands. It's a very fast read, crazy interesting book. It's not about war. It's just about, it's probably a, um, a more about commentary about how do you take slow down and approach a really challenging situation more than anything else. Uh, so I highly recommend that. Uh, Bad Blood, another one. Uh, this is... Um, I don't recall who, who wrote this one. We'll have the link in the show notes. But Bad Blood was the story of Elizabeth Holmes, who is in uh, has been indicted and is in being uh, going through or about to go through prosecution right now. She was uh, formed the Theranos Company, which was basically uh, she wanted to create the apple of home medicine. So she wanted to have every have everyone have a device in their home that could measure their blood types, whether you're a diabetic or just want to know what your cholesterol is in real time. Um, they did retail deals. So it was first going to go to retail and then it was going to be in your home at some points. Anyhow, it's a lot of deception and uh, raising funds without actually having a physical product. There are podcasts on this now. This is a fantastic book that I highly recommend. Interesting. I haven't read that one. I will put that on the list and start listening soon. It will blow your mind. The deception in this, and like it, it really is a, like a view into Silicon Valley, kind of the worst of Silicon Valley. And there are people that still have her back. There are people that say that she should not have been 
like all she did was try to progress something that just didn't work and Mm -hmm. she should be praised for that. Um, after you read the book, I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. All right. So I'll, I'll share a couple, uh, Mm um, that both have the F word in it. So I'll try and the book titles are asterisked out, but how to un F yourself. And then the subtle art of not giving an F, um, Probably, if people really, really knew me, like you know me, I, the, the, the close, close people know that I probably have a little bit of low self-esteem and worry too much about what others think and uh, envy the people that really just don't care what others think at all. Because um, I, I, I'm a people pleaser and I got that from my mom and it is what it is, right? But both these books um, go to the mental mindset of we we are thinking a lot that other people aren't thinking and you know you, you, there's a bazillion examples both books are really really good uh just recently recommended one for a book club for for men businessmen um but it, it they talk about like if you're on a train and you're worried about your outfit for the day and you think everyone around you is worried about what you're wearing or thinks your outfit doesn't look good no one on that train is thinking about your outfit right <laughs> Um, what about my socks that don't match? Yeah, I don't think anyone cares. Um, and that's a simple example, but it's, it's the same thing about every presentation we create. It's about every proposal we've written. It's about the golf game we might be playing the, how fast you ran or didn't run and, and the social stuff around us, Facebook, even Strava for you, Brian, you, you probably post something and have thought once or twice who sees it, who liked it, who who thinks I didn't run fast enough or didn't run far enough. You know, it's that social pressure that we are, we create ourselves. Like I can assure you every time I've looked at your Strava, I've, I, wow, I'm impressed. I've never once thought negatively, but we, our self-talk gets us to get these, these things that grow in us. Um, and both those books give, give you the opportunity, particularly un unf yourself is one that will help you unwind a lot of that. Um, and one that I unfortunately go back to at times, but, um, both really are, no one cares about you the way we care about ourselves. Um, even our loved ones aren't thinking the negative chatter that we create ourselves. We're doing it to ourselves and it is no better way to say it. Yeah. I, I need to read. If you were going to pick one of those two, which one would you suggest? Unf your yourself. Cause it's okay. more, the, the subtle art is more of a, um, a guy telling a bunch of stories of, of, of not caring, right? Which still is good because the, the, those are all things that I think about a lot. Right. But the unf yourself is like, uh, it, it's the practical day in and day out practice of, of really unwinding what we've put in our own brain, right? Like no one put that there. We put it there. The self-talk is all self-talk. It's not, you know, you're not thinking negatively right now of what my hair looks like on this Skype camera, but I thought about it literally before we started. Should I put a hat on? Right. <laughs> you don't care. No, I don't. And I'm not worried about your hair because you don't have any, but one day, know, Bobby, maybe, one day I will. Day. All so right, cool. For sure. I'll check that one out. Okay. Gary, John Bishop is the author of that. Okay. Super. Um, a couple more for me. Uh, Hillbilly elegy. I have heard that this is being turned into a movie. Uh, this is about a Kentucky boy. It talks about the the opi- opioid crisis. It's really his story. It's really a autobiography more than anything else. But it just talks about the, you know, you, with the current politics situation, no matter what side of the fence you are, there is a middle America 
that is being completely left behind for, you know, for better or for worse, probably for worse, being left behind through this this tech revolution that's going on and and there's a drug crisis going on in some of these states really um and this this highlights that this is his own story uh, it's a he's it's it's a, definitely a pull yourself up by the bootstraps kind of story but he's not saying it's because of my hard work it, there's a lot of luck and in, in, involved in this it's a really really fascinating book and uh, a pretty emotional book sometimes too. Um, really, really good though. And uh, I've heard that this is going to become a movie here soon. Interesting. Well, I'm a West Virginia boy. I know a few hillbillies, and I myself have been up many a holler. And uh, I, I can see. You know, I know a lot of people that grew up. My grandfather was a coal miner, right? And that whole industry is kind of gone now, and it put it's put a lot of that northeast middle america uh, in a bind for sure yeah not that this is a podcast on your favorite musicians but uh if that is a fascinating part of the world for you uh there's an artist called tyler childers who has written a ton of great music around that coal mining industry and the opioid crisis in general and it is good good stuff it's americana so it's kind of country americana stuff so it's kind of more storytelling than it is anything else it's uh, super good um, one more, uh, American Kingpin. This is the story of the guy that started, um, Silk Road. And if you're not familiar, Silk Road was this, probably most of our audiences has heard of it maybe, but this was like, um, it's in the dark web, so you can't get to this through a browser or it's, it's shut down. You can't get to it at all anymore, but it was a way for people to first it was like an eBay, but then it kind of became an eBay for drugs, and then it kind of became an eBay for weapons. And they, he was doing all this through Bitcoin and super innovative uh, backend technology that was obfuscated from the from the FBI. And they finally, uh, you know, they kind of caught on to what was going on. I'm not going to give away the book for those of you that are not familiar with the story, but if you want to kind of understand. Uh, it's it's both a story about him that that created the uh, the website. It's about the impact it had on his family and his relationships, and it can it shows you kind of how digital currencies and cryptocurrency became such a big thing, um, which is also a good plug for Bitcoin billionaires too. I just finished this book uh, a couple days ago. This is about uh, Bobby. You remember the two guys, uh, the Winklevoss twins that yeah, were yes. yeah they kind of got a bad rap for the facebook thing and i, I think they kind of came off as these two harvard guys that you know were wealthy and six foot two and handsome and strong and everything else and they, they were kind of portrayed poorly in the movies actually incredibly sharp guys um and it talks about their early investment in bitcoin and what it's the, the book is not the book is interesting. It's not objective, though. So when you're reading it, you can kind of... There's this undertone of them kind of selling you on the opportunity of cryptocurrency and the long-term benefits of it. So if you put that aside, it's an interesting biography more than anything else. So I'll finish with my last two here. And uh, one's... Well, well, they're both kind of the same, but the one's very serious. One's more self-help. But Pursuit of Perfection or pursuit of perfect. Uh, I know I've talked about on the podcast before, 
But uh, as, as someone who's OCD, who is a perfectionist, who has raised a daughter who's a perfectionist, uh, it, this book will, <laughs> will change your view on perfectionism and how how it's not necessary. Um, and it's, it's something that I've probably fought a lot in corporate America and in my sales career, but uh, pretty much every aspect of my life, I'm not, I'm not happy till something's done, 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 perfect. Um, and there's a lot to be said for 95%. Uh, it's pretty dang good, too. Uh, so Pursuit of Perfect is one that kind of changed my view on my own perfectionism uh, or desire to be perfect in some areas. Uh, and then a book called You Are a Badass by Jen Sincero. Sincero. She has written a few books, but uh, this one's probably got five stars with hundreds of thousands of reviews. Um, she's a, a female Tim Ferriss almost that now travels the world, writes books, and does stuff uh, that she wants to do. And it's a little on the edge where she believes in a higher power, but doesn't talk about which higher power she believes in. But she believes in this more of this universe thing, right? That it will it will pay you back in dividends if you take care of yourself and take care of the world. And talks really about that you, we're all badasses. We all got a lot of really good things going on. And it kind of goes back to some of how Holiday's teaching, like, is enough, when is enough enough? Like, and, you know, if people from the outside looking into my world, they probably think I got it great and I got a lot of good stuff. There's no question I'm very lucky and happy. Um, but, man, there's something that keeps pushing me for more and more. Uh, I, I like the way the book talks about um, you know we're all badasses, and we got to thank the universe for some of that badassness. I've seen this on the shelves. I have not read it yet. I will check that out. Perfect. So uh, two weeks, lots of books, lots of Christmas gift ideas. If you didn't have any, um, as always, average is the enemy. Average sucks. Don't be average. Thanks for listening to the Textile Show. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sales Show. Until next week, average is the enemy. Mm-hmm.